I'm a survivor of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Two weeks ago, I celebrated my 107th birthday. Today, I'm visiting Washington, D.C. for the first time in my life. I'm here seeking justice, and I'm asking my country to acknowledge what happened in Tulsa in 1921. I will never forget the violence of the white mob when we left our home. I still see black men seeing being shot, black bodies lying in the street. I hear the screams. I have lived through the massacre every day. Our country may forget this history, but I cannot. Because of the massacre, my family was driven out of our homes. We were left with nothing. We were made refugees in our own country. The Tulsa Race Massacre is a footnote in the, in the history books for us. We live with it every day. It seems like justice in America is always so slow or not possible for black people. I am asking you today to give us some peace, give us some peace. Please give me, my family and my community, some justice. Thank you. So the voices that you guys just heard were Viola Ford Fletcher, Hughes Van Ellis, and Leslie Benningfield Randall. These are our three survivors of the Tulsa massacre. Um, it's really amazing that they are still with us. So um, let's get into it. So welcome back to Soul and Soul. Today we are going to cover the Tulsa massacre. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll probably will be maybe a day before the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of this massacre. Uh, so welcome back. I'm Jesse. I'm Sangamon. And all right, let's kind of get into it. So this is something that I've definitely wanted to do um, an episode about for forever. I just haven't really gotten around to doing the research about it. Um, And I wanted to do it justice to make sure that we were accurate with our information, but also just like that we got enough of the story to put it in historical context, but also to put it into context for today. Um, And things that are still happening in America today. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a, I feel like it's a rough one to talk about, um, but I feel like that's also all the more reason for us to talk about it. Right. Um, so this all happens in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, which is wild that there was such a like thriving black area in in like fucking Oklahoma like (laughs) all right cool (laughs) but but this happens in the neighborhood of Greenwood um and that neighborhood is also known as Black Wall Street um it's a very very vibrant community there's businesses black-owned businesses of pretty much anything you can think of right there's theaters there's barber shops there's hotels um there's grocery stores like it is its own self-sufficient community 
right? Like, and it's all black owned um, in ways that we don't see today in America. Like that doesn't, I can't think of a place where that exists in America no, not at all. where everything is completely black owned and that community is segregated and self-sufficient. Like it does not mm-hmm. exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there have been other cities besides Tulsa where this has existed. Um, like it, definitely existed in Indianapolis as well. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, the area of Indianapolis was also called Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. So it definitely did exist in other cities um, pretty recently. Like Black Wall Street in Indianapolis existed until the 1960s. Um, Yeah. So it's not like it was like it's I feel like a lot of times when people think about Tulsa or they think about some of the incidents that happen between like white people and black people in America, it's they're thinking about like a distant past, mm. but like not really, right? Not at all. Not at all. So this happens in 1921. Again, the 100-year anniversary is coming up. Um, at the time, Greenwood has a population of about 10,000 black people. Um, and yeah, right, which is great. Um yeah. It is more prosperous than the rest of Tulsa. So the white neighborhoods are not doing as well as Greenwood. Um, yeah, so this this definitely kind of, not kind of, absolutely comes into play, right? There's a lot oh, yeah. of, of racial resentment and there's a lot of anger and white people in their feelings about the fact that there are black people living better than they do <laughs> right across the railroad, right? Mm. Black, well, I mean, I don't know. Like historically, whenever black people do well, white people find a way to try to snuff that out, right? Like we, if any, like if anything, the Donald Trump election is a prime example of that, right? Whenever oh, white, yeah. yeah, you know, like whenever white people see black people doing as well or better than them, they it's white lash, right? Mm. So Tulsa is definitely a victim of white lashing, right? Because mm. That's all this is, right? The This neighborhood was doing so well and the white people were not having it. Um, so the way that this massacre started is a way that a lot of racial injustice starts, right? Um, this young black man, he's like 19 or so, um, is working at a as a shoe shiner in this hotel. Um, and he has to go to the bathroom, right? And so he's trying to go to the segregated colored bathroom. Um, and he gets into this elevator and the elevator is being operated by this white young woman named Sarah Page. Um, and a lot of what the historians are saying, especially black historians are saying is that what happened in that elevator, um, that ended up being like, it ended up with him being accused of sexual assault, but what really probably happened in that elevator is that he tripped getting in and he like mm-hmm. tried to break his fall and he like ended up ripping her dress as he fell. Um, you know, this, listen, there's, I always have a lot of issues. Like the Me Too movement was great, but the Me Too movement was like, peak white feminism um, because I don't think that the Me Too movement ever took into account that like when like when I know that the the rates of people 
like accusing people of being raped or sexually assault are really low and it being untrue. But a lot of the time when it was untrue, it was some white woman accusing a black man of raping her or sexually assaulting her. Right. And this is a lot, a lot of racial incidents in America start off this way, right. With the, the white woman playing the victim and then the white men using it as an excuse to mm. go overboard, mm. right? Like, I'm thinking about Emmett Till in particular, right? Mm. Like, him getting brutally beaten, getting the fan tied around his neck, thrown in the river because he fucking whistled. Are we kidding? Are we kidding, right? Um, so this one is very similar. Um, obviously, this is happening before Emmett Till, but, like, you know... There is a very distinct history of white women accusing black men of sexual assault or rape and then shit popping off, right? Mm. Like that is, it's it's unfortunate that these white women who did make up these crimes or who sometimes didn't, because in this case, the, the Sarah Page woman or young woman did not actually press charges. She did not say that any she didn't she never said that that happened right like oh. she's not she it wasn't her it, oh. you know who said that this happened um so this is a little bit different than Emmett Till I'm not saying that Sarah Page is like you know better than the oh, rest yeah. of the residents of Tulsa but I am saying that she was not the person who was like he hurt me he raped me he sexually assaulted me that was not what was going down right mm-hmm. so when when he does fall into her she screams and so a store clerk that is working in the hotel says, goes and says that Roland actually attacks her. And that's what really pops things off. It was, it was a white dude who did it. It wasn't necessarily her. Um, so she doesn't press charges. Um, the sheriff does eventually clear him of all charges and says basically what I just said happened, right? He tripped, mm-hmm. f- fell into her, but nothing happened. But that doesn't stop white people from doing white things right oh, of course. yeah so the sheriff ends up re- releasing him i think i don't i don't think i came across this but in the days after the race riot um and the riot really starts the massacre right i don't know um i'll probably use them interchangeably but mm-hmm. They don't mean the same thing. I'm I'm saying right. the white people are rioting, so don't don't get it twisted and think I'm thinking about like what we usually call rioting here in America when black people are protesting for their rights. That's not what I mean. Um, <laughs> like that's definitely not what I mean. But these white people were out here rioting. You know how like when their sports teams lose things and they like set things to fire and they <laughs> fuck shit up. That kind of rioting. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm just saying. You know, they've got it. They've got a history of that shit. But so basically, uh, Roland is in the sheriff's custody. Um, an article comes out by the Tulsa Tribune, and it's really written to instigate the white community, right? It's really written to like really make them pissed off about what's happening, mm. right? Um, it is something that is inflammatory. It is basically accusing Roland of raping her, right? Of hurting her, of, and you know, journalistic integrity only counts, I guess, when 
it's white on white crime, but whatever. So they they literally release this before the investigation has even happened, but cool. Um, and so these a group of about uh, some estimates of as much as like a thousand white people surround this jail, um, and they're calling on him to be lynched. Right in the in the Tribune, they even have the um, the headline is to lynch Negro tonight. Right. So they are going to kill this young boy, right? Um, And the black residents of Greenwood are not having it. So they also go to the sheriff's office with guns and they tell the cops like, yo, we will back you up. We're here Mm -hmm. to help you make sure that this doesn't happen and that he does not get lynched. Um, And when the... When the black people get there with guns, they basically, the white people double down and they get more white people with more guns to surround this. Um, yeah, like it's, it ends up being close to like 2,000 of them um, just surrounding this building. And one of the guys, one of the white dudes in the um, crowd goes for one of the black men's guns and it goes off. And, like, shits off to the races, basically. Um, so what's interesting to me about the the way that this pans out, it's very clear from the onset that they weren't just trying to lynch him, right? They were trying to destroy this neighborhood. Um, because, like I said, this guy eventually gets released. He obviously flees Oklahoma. He's not really heard too much of after this so they clearly don't lynch this man right like what they came to do they don't get to do um but they immediately as soon as those shots go start that first shot they immediately start attacking the neighborhood right even though the jail is not located there they turn around and they go for the neighborhood right um and the massacre itself is just fucking heinous right so they've got like machine guns they've got regular guns they just like start how did they even have machine guns in 1921 but like think about like um i i at first when i read that i was like that's not and then i was thinking about it and i was like oh yeah but isn't that how they kill like bonnie and clyde and shit they did have machine guns and stuff like that back then they're not machine guns like we're thinking but they are guns that are firing at a higher rate than a pistol yeah and I was like, oh, yeah, that definitely did exist. I've heard about it before. But even just the idea of machine guns being used on U.S. citizens, on U.S. Mm-hmm. soil, is mm-hmm. just, like, fucking wild. But, like, not that wild because, of course, they would use machine guns on black people. Um, they literally just, like, kill any black person in the street. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, at all they kill any black person on the street um and if like you like i am somewhat of a visual person and you may be like my words aren't doing this justice which i don't think they really are um i would recommend watching the episode of watchmen and the episode of lovecraft country that really focuses on the tulsa riot um, we've mentioned Lovecraft Country before. We promise mm-hmm. that we don't have any paid endorsements from them. It's just a wonderful show. You um, can. <laughs> HBO. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can pay us HBO because we've shouted you out like three or four episodes at this point. Um, but there is like an episode that is just completely devoted to the riot. And it from like the beginning to the end is just like the mm-hmm. shit that went down. And obviously like the characters in the show are fictionalized, right? Like these are not necessarily based on an actual family that happened or that happened to live in Tulsa. Um, but like, you can just see the carnage that's happening in the city. And I think that just like knowing, like, I don't, I just, the abject fear that these people must've felt, right? Like just like the crazy amount of like, what is happening? Because it's, it was such a like prosperous area and it was so well to do and everyone was so self-sufficient that like I don't think that a lot of these people would have ever seen it coming. Mm. You know, like I I don't I think that they it was like an enclave of like being able to live a a a, a normal life in the middle of like crazy racism that is the 1920s in america right so like i don't i think that they probably thought they were safe you know in ways that they clearly were not um so literally they they use machine guns they kill any black person that they can in sight um they obviously use other guns there's other you know, they use whatever weapon they can get a hold of. They also just, like, start setting fires to homes. Um, They set fires to businesses. Um, Like I said, so the population of Greenwood was 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Over 8,000 people are left homeless. <gasps> so, you know, four-fifths of the people in that, 80% of that population is left homeless. Um. 300, and this is like an estimate because, you know, when white people whitewash history, who knows how many people actually died. But a rough estimate is about 300 people died, um, which is, you know, fucking crazy. They destroy 1,200 homes um, and they burn down 23 churches uh, and, you know, most of the district. So this is about a 30-block area in Tulsa, and most of it is just burnt to the ground. Um, in fact, the it was like a twofold thing. So they would set the fires, and then they prevented firefighters from actually going in and putting them out. Um, but, you know, don't think it's just the people of Tulsa who are fucking sick in the head because the U.S. government and the National Guard drops bombs on U.S. soil what? on black people in, during the Tulsa massacre. They literally use airplanes to drop bombs on these people. What? Yeah. Um, and then the National Guard and the police go in and they start arresting black people because I guess why the fuck not at this point, huh? Like, we'll just add insult to injury and paint you as the aggressor as your people are literally massacred around you. Um, it's one of the most disturbing incidents of U.S. Brut- or the U.S. government's brutality that I can think of. 
um, which just makes it even so much more fucked up that like no one knows about this, right? Or not that many people actually know what happened during. It. I don't this remember this being taught in my class. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I believe that I heard about this. I think after college, actually. Yeah. Um. So I think it would have been like maybe well one of our first years teaching. So I would have mm. been like 24, mm. 25 mm. before I heard about this. Um, it's recent, you know. Yeah. Like I, I knew about it before I watched the Watchmen episode, um, but I don't think I knew about it for very much longer before that came out. And that episode yeah. came out in like twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. so I think it would it must have been a year or so before that. So mm-hmm. really fucking recently, within the last five years, is when mm. I first heard about this. Um, which is fucking wild and it's also just not an accident right Mm -hmm. um like not at all an accident that this is not something that is discussed because it is absolutely disgusting yeah right like the idea that this is happening is I, i keep reading things and People keep saying, like, in the documentaries that I, I watch to, like, kind of prep for this, they keep saying stuff like, one of the worst racial um, incidents in American history. And I'm like, yeah, okay, there are really bad ones. But, like, I don't even want that, like, one of the attached mm-hmm. to it. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is genocide. This is genocide yeah. that is brought like, the U.S. government is doing. Like, there are only, a, a, on U.S. soil, there's only a couple of innis, uh, other incidents that I can think of where the U.S. government did something this fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be, like, Japanese internment, and that would be the genocide of Native Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, just a very much an orchestrated effort to kill people. I mean, obviously, I'm we know how I feel about slavery, but... This is a really, really telling one because it's not, it's not like the National Guard didn't know what was up. Like, they didn't know that dropping bombs on this area was fucked up, right? It's not like the cops who ended up arresting the black people didn't know it was up because the black people were the people who tried to help them. Right. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of this story, the black people were the ones who showed up at the station to protect Dick Rowland, but also the cops that were holding him. Right. Because who knows what the fuck would have happened if the if the cops decided not to give him up and those white rioters and there were no black people involved. Right. So, like, it's not like these white people were not uh, prepared to attack the sheriff and his men. But these same men who were just put, like, put in danger because of this white mob, some of them join, right? Some of them actually join the riot and decide to go fuck up black homes and black businesses and kill people. The National Guard members and the people in the police, right? Um, And it's just a very telling, like... It's funny to me, every time I hear someone say, like, something like, Blue Lives Matter, I fucking laugh. (laughs) I laugh my ass off because, like, white people have proven time and time again, just most recently at the Capitol riot, right, Mm -hmm. that they will fuck up some police in the name of racism. They don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. 
Like, they really don't care. Like, if you are a police officer or police standing in the way of them um, getting to enact racial violence on people, like, you're going to get it too. Yep. And they really don't care. So it's funny that, like, people actually think that Blue Lives Matter is anything but a dog whistle for Black Lives Don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, like... That's what the fuck that means. Like, yeah. Because imagine, what would they say for us? Apple lives matter. I'm trying to think of what the teacher color would be. Like, I don't know what they would say, but like, I can't imagine talking about like how a profession's lives matter, especially a profession where you sign up to be in danger. <laughs> you know. I'm just waiting for like the camo lives matter, you know, because I, I don't see the army and the armed forces getting the same like kind of treatment. Yeah. I'm just sending them off to go die and, you know, other imperialist world wars that we have no business being in. <laughs> I, that's, that's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> Jeez. But, you know. It's just a really interesting look into the way that white supremacy really works in America and how much it's not, it hasn't really changed, right? Like the Tulsa riot and the, um, and this are not, and like the Capitol riot are not markedly different besides obviously the amount of black people that ended up dead, but the motivation behind it fucking the same that white lash like it's the same right like how dare these uppity negroes think they're better than me Mm. they're better than us how dare they want to have equity and equality Mm. Mm. you know don't they know that they're negroes like it's it's the same fucking motivation right um so i'm like you know like those who don't look at history are doomed to repeat it but also like white people looking at history are like repeating it and i don't think that it's like doomed to repeat it i think they're like "Ooh, that worked let's try that that." like let's bring it back again that that actually really worked well so why don't we try that you know um because tulsa to me is like a is i'm sure it's not the first where that happened you know there are all black towns that were all over America due to segregation. Um, And some of those towns were better than their white counterparts because that's just, first of all, that's just statistics, right? (laughs) Like there's going to be a few that are better just based on statistics alone, but also just like, I'm biased here, but like black people create some of the most wonderful things in the world. So I'm like, yep. You put all of us together without racial injustice, like we probably could do some fire shit. You know, I'm just like, yeah. okay, that that actually makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and so, it's to me, Tulsa feels a little bit like a blueprint for some of the other like racial incidents that happened in the 20th century and in the 21st right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't think that we talk enough about it. You know, um, so I want to talk a little bit about like the aftermath. Like I said before, um, 8,000 people end up being homeless. Um, 
you know, the survivor Hugh, Hughes really does talk about that. Hughes Van Ellis, he's like, it was like being a refugee in my own city. Um, and like, yeah, you know, um, that hearing him say that too, um, again, I've been really like we talked about it last episode or two episodes ago i just have such an affinity for the palestinians and explain Mm. to me how this is different Mm. you know like uh an imperialist government dropping bombs on people um creating refugees in their own homeland like it's eerily similar um in ways that i just can't get over you know like i just can't get over um but like let's talk a little bit about what happened in the days following this riot um so like i said a lot of people left homeless lots of people dead lots of people wounded if they're not dead right some people flee um oklahoma and never return um others stay um which is i can't decide if that's brave or stupid um, I can't decide if it's brave, stubborn, stupid, all of the above. Um, or but they stay. just lack of choice. Yeah, lack of resources, yeah. right? Yeah. You cannot because they literally burn down everything. Yeah. So you can't leave. Um, and, you know, some of them are arrested and in jail. So maybe literally you can't leave, right? Um, so that terrible newspaper puts out an editorial like in an and like maybe two or three days after mm-hmm. um, that basically, and I'll read it for you, but just like a place like the Greenwood district should never, ever be allowed again. It is a cesspool of inequity and corruption. So not only were they like not apologetic, they were just like, fuck if it's ever going to happen again. Just so, just so you know, black residents that stayed, we will never allow you to build this back wow. the way it was before. It'll never happen again. Um, and you know, if you think that like a place like Oklahoma is backwards, backwards, and it, like it wouldn't happen, let me read you the New York Times headline from that week as well. <laughs> so it says, 85 whites and Negroes die in Tulsa riots at 3,000 armed men battle in the street. 30 blocks burn, military rule in the city. Right? And that is exactly how white liberals whitewash the truth. Right, both pe- both sets of people had casualties. Three hundred arm, three thousand armed men were in battle. Right, um, thirty blocks burned. But let's not talk about how it's only the black part of the city that has burned. Yeah. Right, and it was just so bad that the military had to come in. Not like the military hadn't dropped bombs and made it bad. Like that is exactly how white people whitewash history like white liberals like the Tulsa Tribune what they did to whitewash history was they actually before this actually these mag or sorry these newspapers got like microfilmed and like saved for history they actually took out these stories mm-hmm. right they like cut them out before they were uploaded to history so that people would not know exactly how fucking violently racist Tulsa white people were that the Tribune was the one who actually called for the race riot and that they doubled down in the days after and just told you exactly how the fuck they felt. A cesspool of iniquity and corruption. 
inequity meaning like i can't have money so you can't have money yes 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 because i please like why would white people ever be able to use the word inequity to describe their place (laughs) in the world anywhere in the world i'm not even just talking about in the united states how the fuck can they use that to describe their place in the world anywhere Mm-mm-mm. like white people are not facing inequities maybe unless you count the fact that well no i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to the script today i'm not gonna take any <laughs> unnecessary di- digs at white folks because i feel like this story speaks for itself right like i don't have to add in the dig that i want to right there because like i mean at this point in this episode if you guys haven't figured out that like these white people are literal devils i don't don't know what to tell you right like this is like these are like the worst people in in the world right like Mm -hmm. these types of white people are like evil like just pure unadulterated evil like that's what this is because Mm. you know like 3,000 armed men battled in the streets. No, the fuck they didn't. These white people came and they just killed, they killed families. They killed whole families. They killed children. Um, They killed women, right? It's not like, oh, it was just men out there fighting, shooting things off. No, these people just came through the city and killed a shit ton of black people. Yeah. And I don't give a, I actually have no idea what, like, I'm sure that in the 300 people, there were white people that died. I I don't care to figure out what the number is because, mm. all right, cool. You died. It was self-defense, mm. you know? So mm. even if I don't care if it's like 150 of, the, of them are white that died, that was self-defense. If you hadn't been in the neighborhood trying to massacre people, you probably mm. wouldn't be dead. Mm. So it's not like... Um, these black people did not go to white neighborhoods and fuck shit up. They were mm. just defending their own. Mm. They were defending their own places. Or people, like, it, they didn't go, they did not retaliate. Mm. At all, in the slightest. Mm. So, if some white people died, cool, I hope their bloodlines died out with them. <sighs> yeah. We know they didn't, but I hope, I hope at least a, a couple family lines were cut off right there. Mm. To be real. Because lots and lots of family lines of black residents were cut off right then and there. Yeah. Not to mention that like generational wealth was just like completely cut off right then and there. Yeah. Um I I think in the episode of Lovecraft Country, if I'm not mistaken, um so there's a there's a scene where the the dad, um Atticus's dad is mm-hmm. just kind of like because the whole the episode really starts off because they go back in time because they need to get a book that is in Atticus's family home. Um, uh-huh. from the, So they need to go back in time and get this book. Uh-huh. Um, so, it, and it's like a, it's a magical spell book or whatever. I don't want to give away too much of the episode, but like they're going back in time. And they're like, a, right when they're about to return to the present, um, Atticus's dad is just like looking. He, I think he's in the Drexel Hotel or the Drexel building where everything originally took place. Mm-hmm. And he's just like looking out on to the street and watching the bombs just like fall. Um, yeah, like just like fall on top of the city and he's crying and he's giving like a monologue and he's mm-hmm. talking about like, yep, yeah, that, that 
that business was where we had our black doctor and that was so-and-so's business and yada, yada. And I think some of those people are actually real people that lost everything during Tulsa. Like I, I, I think Lovecraft actually uses real names in that point. I'm not for sure for certain, but I think that's what I heard. Cause I, they have a inside the episode podcast about Mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty sure on the podcast, that's what they said, but Mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent certain. Um, mm-hmm. But that they were actually using historical people at times for mm. it. Um, and it, it's a heartbreaking scene, but it's also one of, I really love what Lovecraft does in that scene in that um, Letty, like my one of my favorite characters in that whole series, what's up, Journey Smollett? Because you're <laughs> fucking the best. Um, so she has just received some kind of magic, which makes her and her baby like uh, immune to violence right um and so she's literally the scene is like a wide angle shot from shot from above and she's just walking down the street like dressed in like this all red tears streaming down her face but like with this like this look of like i'm about to fuck some shit up as these bombs Mm -hmm. just drop on her like she's Mm -hmm. immune to violence right and it's it's like a nice like moment of healing because it's like when you're thinking of our ancestors that went through this, like, good God, I would have prayed. I, I wish magic had existed, like, mm-hmm. in the way that it exists in that scene. Like, I wish that the, they had been immune to white violence. Um, because it's just, it's so traumatizing just even thinking about the abject fear that my ancestors would have felt in this moment and like just watching your city just burn around you your family members dying your friends dying um and I'm not so sure if this is accurate because I couldn't find anything that I um was reading about but in Lovecraft Country it's like prom night um and so there's just a bunch of it's it all all these like black kids are just excited and laughing and giggling in ways that you rarely see in media uh, as portrayed especially historically and then that stuff pops off so i'm not sure if it was actually promenade but i think that was like a brilliant job by those writers if not Mm -hmm. right and the director Mm -hmm. because it really did a good job of showing just like how prosperous that Think of like black people going to prom in 1921. I, I don't think I ever would have thought about that something like that even being possible. Yeah. Because of the way that like our history has been rewritten. Like mm-hmm. we don't think about when people think about black history, they think about struggle. They think mm-hmm. about strife. They think about us being murdered or killed. Um, they think about like the, you know, the one offs, like the talented 10th. Mm-hmm. They think about like, you know, Maybe they give us, like, famous jazz musicians or stuff like that. And they give us famous, like, artists or poets or writers and things like that. They give us, like, these shining examples of people who, like, defied the odds and became famous and wonderful and da-da-da. But they never give us, like, your average everyday black family just living life and living life well. Mm. Um and that's what the fuck was happening in Tulsa, right? Like that these mm-hmm. people were just having like quote like what we consider the American dream was happening there. Mm. Um, and it was just like entirely wiped out in a day, a day and a half time. 
Um, and then systematically the Oklahoma and Tulsa government went back and just tried to erase that this happened. Um, <laughs> you know, like they, they struck it from the history books. They struck it from like newspaper articles. They threatened and intimidated black survivors um, because these black people that lived and stayed in Tulsa um, and tried to rebuild were living with the people who committed genocide against their people, mm. right? Like Greenwood never became what it was. Greenwood today is about a block and a half. Um, so, and like a lot of the businesses in Greenwood today are not black owned. They are, they've been gentrified. Um, there's a huge like, they're building a museum, a historical monument, blah, da, 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 all that bullshit to like make themselves feel better, but actually not give anything back to the black community that mm-hmm. got snuffed out. Um, and it's, it's tragic and it's disgusting and it's like white America, you know, to a T. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things did kind of happen i guess in the last like 20 or so years i would say um in in terms of like the reason why so many of us have even an inkling of what happened um it's interesting because i don't think i'd ever really connected these two events together but they do end up being connected um and i'm thinking about the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing that everybody knows about, right? Um, yeah, like I, I'm sorry, I'm. I think I might be getting my my white terrorist confused, but I think this was Tim- Timothy McVeigh. I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's so many. Uh, I think it's him, but I, I might be getting my white terrorist confused. Mm. Yep, it says Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. Yeah, right. So, you know, when this happens, and this is a, this is a terrible incident, and I will, this story should by no way detract from it. Um, but like, so this happens, and people, and I think the Oklahoma government are testifying about it. They're calling it like the the deadliest act of homegrown terrorism in U.S. history. They're huh. uh, ca- they're calling it, like, the worst bombing that's ever happened, yada, yada, yada. Um, and just, like, statistically, that's false, right? 168 people died during the OKC bombing. Um, and that's fucking terrible, and it's awful. And there are definitely children that died because the daycare center got, like, blown up. So the OKC bombing is really terrible it's an awful act of domestic terrorism however it's it's not worse than what happened in tulsa and i don't want to play the oppression olympics by any means but like to call the okc city bombing like the the worst um bombing domestic uh, incident of domestic terrorism in america is just categorically false um and it's another way to whitewash history and uh, a black uh politician was like mm, say less no it was not and so actually he gets it on the record that during this incident this where people are testifying about it that actually no it was not 
Tulsa was, right? And so the white people decide to throw him a bone and they're like, oh, you can make a, you can make a commission and you can kind of like uh, study it and figure out what happened, yada, yada, yada. But this is the beginning of when people start talking about it publicly um, and people start like t- saying what happened. And I'm glad that it happened because like, you know, at this point, there's three survivors left. This is a this is a massacre that happened a hundred years ago. We're mm-hmm. we're privileged and we're lucky that these three people are still alive, and mm-hmm. that they remember that they were old enough to remember some mm-hmm. of the things that happened. Um, because, you know, 1995, 20 years ago, these people were the youngest of them were in their 80s already, like 20 years ago. So it's or honestly close to 30 like you know it's really we're really lucky that this happened then so that even people because some of the people that talk then are well most of the people actually that talk then are no longer alive um and if you know we even got to the 2000s like it would have been even less i wish that when don ross had advocated for this to be heard about in the 60s for the first time that we had actually heard about it then because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the adults would have only been like 60, 70 at the time. And they would have definitely mm-hmm. been able to speak about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stories that descendants of people who survived the massacre talk about, like, black residents weren't talking about this. Like, they weren't telling their families about this. If they were telling their families about this, like their descendants, they were saying, all right, you can only speak about this when I'm dead. Because they were still so afraid. You know, like they were still so intimidated by what happened that they did not speak about it. Right. Like um, I the, in the documentary I was watching, a uh, lady was like, yeah, I actually didn't learn about this until I, like by my mid 20s when my grandma finally told me. And I didn't learn about it until she was on the cover of the L.A. Times talking about being a survivor but her grandma never mentioned it to her you know because like I said it's hard for me to even talk about it and I wasn't you know like I I don't have any family in Tulsa um because just like thinking about what these people must have went through and especially the ones the survivors who stayed in Tulsa yeah like it words don't do it justice like truly words don't do it justice um, but let's talk about, I guess, what's currently happening in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, before I talk about current Tulsa, I do want to add in something that I meant to add in earlier in the episode, but like, mm-hmm. so no one has ever been held accountable for what happened in Tulsa. No criminal charges have ever been brought up against the people that murdered these people in Tulsa. In fact, the grand jury blamed the black men involved for the riots. So no one has ever been charged for a crime for what happened. These 300 people being killed. Um, All of these black people being left homeless. All the businesses being... The property damage in today's money would be like $200 million dollars. No one has ever received a single penny. Like, not a single fucking one. Um, So imagine a neighborhood that's worth $200 million today just gets raised to the ground. 
Um, and no one's ever investigated. No one is ever charged with a crime and no one has ever paid restitution. Um, and if you thought that the, the depravity of white people stopped with them murdering innocent people, let me take it a step further because these white people would took pictures of what happened and sent them out as postcards to their white families in other parts of the country. So they sent pictures of burned black bodies. They sent pictures of dead black people as postcards to their white families. Like, let that sink in for you. Um, this is why I, I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. If you watch those videos of police brutality and black people being murdered in the street, like, you are no fucking better than these people who sent postcards of burned and, de- and dead black people to their families. Like, you also get off on black pain. You also get off on watching black people get murdered, just like your white ancestors. And if you're not white and you do that, I don't know what the fuck to tell you because you, you're siding with the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Because um, there's something, like, pathological about how much white yeah, people what enjoy... The, what the hell is that? I don't even... You know? Like, I who, the, who the fuck wants to see a dead body? Period. Yeah. Like, that is on my list of things I never want to see in my life exactly. is a dead body. Exactly. Like, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I've gone to, like, one open casket funeral, and I was like, oh, that was one too many. I, I'm sorry. I don't think I will ever attend another one. So if y'all die and you your family does open casket, I was there in spirit. Because, uh-uh. Like, who wants to yeah. see dead bodies? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's fucking traumatizing. And I'm just like, why would y'all act? Like, yeah, act, like. Take a picture that's already crazy and then to send it to your families? What the hell? Listen, and then when people talk about like like listen, I there's something wrong with white people and I'm I'm sorry if you're white and you're triggered by me saying that, but there's something wrong with them. Like how is that any different than like you know when serial killers take souvenirs? Mm. That's what the fuck that is. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I'm just like, that same kind of, like, if we're going to say that serial killers, there's something mentally wrong with a serial killer, hmm, then we're going to have to say that there's something mentally wrong with a bunch of white people's ancestors. Because Mm -hmm. it's, you know what I mean? Because there's, it's not, it's not like they didn't, the postcard is not just something that happened in Tulsa. Postcards of lynch victims exist like they would do that all the time they would take they would take pictures of them and send out postcards after they had like their like (laughs) yeah like after they had their fucking um they would have like lynch parties it would be like a get-together kind of thing where and they would invite like their wives and their children and shit like that and they would have parties and they would lynch black people and they would take photographs of it and then they would send out postcards wish you were here like what the fuck is that like Listen, and this is not just, like, I hate it when white people blame this shit on, like, the South. One of the last lynchings in America took place in Marion, Indiana, which is, like, an hour and a half from me right now, from where I'm sitting. So, it's, like, this is not a Southern issue. This is a white issue. 
And like, let's mm-hmm. not get it twisted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, there is something literally mentally wrong with white people. Um, and I'm sorry, we all know mental illness can be inherited. Sorry. Like, I, if your ancestors were like this, I, I'm... Mm, mm. <laughs> like, listen, if I, as a black person, they can scientifically... And my, I'm using air quotes here, but if they can scientifically prove that I inherit trauma, y'all inherited something else, too. Because <laughs> what the ever-loving fuck is that? Like, postcards. I, like, postcards. I send postcards out too. I sent I've sent you probably like three or four postcards. Yeah, and it's all yeah. and they're always like sweet and like, yo, I'm on a beach thinking of you, yeah. wish you were here. Not I'm standing over a dead burnt body and I wish you were here <laughs> with me to jo- enjoy it. Like what in the ever loving fuck is that? Postcards. And think about it. For this to happen, you had to buy a camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take the picture of it, or take your camera with you to the massacre, Mm because you're planning already. Mm -hmm. You are planning on killing black people, right? For the camera to even be there. You're planning that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then you take the picture, like, I just, I don't even know why you would take this picture, but then you had to get that picture developed. So some some white person out there developed that picture and didn't see anything wrong with it. Right? Then you had to get it printed on postcards. Which that printer also didn't see anything wrong with it. Then you had to... You know what a postcard is. It doesn't get put in an envelope. So, so the postmaster had to see what you were sending. Didn't see anything wrong with it. The mailman who delivered it didn't see anything wrong with it. Like, it's a chain of people who were just like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm just like, what in the ever-loving fuck? Like, uh, I, I, were they like, oh my god, it's a dead body. Oh, it's a black person. Okay, that's fine. Or were they like, oh, it's a dead person. <laughs> I'm Either sure. way, it's messed up. No, because like the they, the postcards, um, and I don't recommend looking at these. Oh yeah, no. In the same way, I don't recommend um, watching those videos. But like, just the documentary I watched showed a couple of them, and it would be like a burnt body. So no, they're not sure it's a, a black victim, I guess. But like, it's probably a black victim. Um, like just like postcards of burnt bodies, postcards of like the destruction of the city. Um, and then some of the captions are, you know, what you think they would be, um, or what they wrote on the postcards. So, oh my God, it is it like, I, words escape me because like that level of, or I mean, the lack of humanity there is just like Mm -hmm. through the roof, like, It's interesting to me that those types of white people don't see black people as human, but, like, they have zero evidence of humanity in themselves, you know? Like, absolutely zero, because I can't imagine doing that to another human being and thinking that I have the moral high ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. 
you know, like it makes me really wonder what if we have very different definitions of humanity. Um, clearly we do, but it's just like we're way off. Because I w- again, I would co- I would say something like this is just like pure evil, and I'm like even hesitant to label it as a mental illness. Um, in the way that we talk about mental illness today, I, I I'd rather say what I said before, and I'd say like I think there's something pathologically wrong with them. Um, because mentally ill people don't be acting like this. No, you know, like. Mm-mm. And if we're, you know, if we're going to say that's because serial killers, people are saying there's something wrong with their brain, but they don't say that it's a mental illness. So, I, you know, because if that were the case, then those serial killers should be mental institutions instead of being on death row and being murdered because, you know, like why people are really obsessed with like killing people and getting away with it because that's what the death penalty is too. You know, and just like watching it, the idea that people watch death penalty, like, mm. and that's supposed to make people feel better, like, and that's like actually in our our system, like our our court system, like mm. the idea that, like, yes, let's like let's say let's kill somebody, and like here, victims' family, come watch. Watching someone die will make you feel better. Like again, <sighs> there's something like really fucked up with white people in the head. Because what is that? Even that itself doesn't make sense. Why would anybody feel better watching another human die? Mm. Like, I I don't really get that either. So, you know, judge, jury, executioner, white America. Um, Now let's talk about what's currently happening in, (laughs) in Tulsa. Just so you guys have, like, a really good idea of, like, the depravity that was happening because it really makes what's happening now seem even more fucked up right mm. i feel like i've said fucked up like 20 times so i'm apologizing because <laughs> i know that we have at least one child listener and i really hope that his parents let him listen to this. <laughs> we're sorry we are sorry but you know i don't have the words like the intellectual words besides yeah. like that's fucked up because that's yeah. fucked up yeah. And there's no need to intellectualize it. Like, we all know what I mean when I say that's fucked up. <laughs> um, so, the current mayor of Tulsa is a guy named G.T. Bynum. Um, he's a Republican. Um, I really, the documentary I watched, like, pissed me off that I had to find out that this dude was a Republican later. Because I'm just like, why are we even, like, interviewing this yeah. dude? Like, yeah. You know, he's like the, he's the current mayor. He was the mayor also when Tulsa hosted out Donald Trump there before the, you know, the anniversary of the 99th, like last year. Um, So he's, he's like talking a good talk. Um, He's clearly not walking a good walk. Um, So he does not believe that the people, the black people of Tulsa deserve any money. Um, like, he does not believe that they deserve restitution, that they deserve reparations. Um, like, he doesn't believe that the black people of Tulsa deserve any kind of monetary uh, relief for what has happened. Um Again, remember, I'm saying that a neighborhood that was worth $200 million in today's money, he doesn't believe that anyone 
deserves any kind of money. He says that he doesn't think that taxpayers in present-day Oklahoma should have to pay for something that happened 100 years ago. And his family has been here since 1827. So where do you think they fell? (laughs) Yeah, so what do we think his grandpappy was doing? Definitely probably out there. Yeah, because he says that he didn't he didn't hear about this incident until he was in his twenties or his thirties, um, and he didn't believe it when he heard it. So that gives you a little glimpse into what like white people in Oklahoma are currently like. But he's like, I didn't believe it, and then I went to ask my grandfathers, and both of them were like, "Yep, it happened." And that they just kind of they don't the interviewers don't press him anymore. And I wish they had asked him like, so what were they doing? Because, like, the grandparents know it happened, and I feel like the only reason why the grandparents know they happened because they were either involved mm-hmm. or they were bystanders, which is just as fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Be a race traitor, white people. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you end up being on the right side of history. Be a race traitor when shit like this pops off. Yeah. You're like, because, you know, at the bare minimum, they were bystanders who watched it happen. Mm. bare minimum mm. could have been active participants though so there's yeah. that <laughs> like, there's that um yeah because he asked them when he you know this guy's not it's not like the these people his grandparents aren't alive but that doesn't mean that they couldn't have been involved that's what mm. i'm putting out there um so he's like i'm not gonna give you guys any money you guys don't deserve money da 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 um, so instead, he decides that he's going to do a murder investigation and find where the missing bodies are. Because guess what? They just what? they just threw these black people into unmarked mass graves um, to get rid of them. So some of these people, that's why the estimate, besides like the whitewashing of history, but also just like that's why the estimate is an estimate and not a fact because like these people were just thrown in unmarked graves um after being murdered and massacred um so he has found a few of these locations um i will i guess give him that um he says that that is a bare minimum a city can do um, and I agree with that statement. It is the bare minimum, bro. That's, yes, that's bare <laughs> minimum. Um, you know, this this when I was listening to this part of the documentary, it really reminded me about um, the bombings that happened in Philadelphia uh, against Move, that organized Move, and how I don't know if you guys know this, but it's recently come to light that the what was it, U Pen and Print. Princeton University um, were using the bones of children that died in this bombing um, for their anthropology classes. So these elite, predominantly white institutions who already have a race problem in terms of like, you know, and actually admitting minorities into their, Mm -hmm. their colleges So basically, I mentioned that just to say that it's probably a predominantly white class was learning about anthropology through the bones of children, Um, children whose mothers are still alive and haven't got to put them to rest. Oh, my God. Um, 
But it gets kind of worse because they lost the bones. They can't find them. They think they were destroyed. And so those children will never lay to rest. Again, I I don't understand. What? what? (laughs) I don't understand what's wrong with white people. I really don't. Because, like, imagine being the professor doing that. But also, like, they went through multiple years of this class. Like, it was one of the most popular classes in both universities. So a bunch of white students, like, just, like, I don't know, analyze the bones of fucking black children. Like, the the move incident is, I think it was, like, the 90s or the 80s. It was, like, recently. Um, that's why their moms are still alive, you know? And these were, like, 14, 15-year-old girls um, who hadn't actually been identified either. Like, they had been identified, but, like, not for sure because the fucking bones were, you know, being used by these... Um, being used by these fucked up professors and universities and da 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 da. Yeah, both universities are like, we don't have it, we don't have it. And so these bones are lost, believed to be destroyed. And so, you know, the indignities that white people force black people to undergo during life does not end during death. Um, You know, like the unmarked graves the using art you know like we're fucking science experiments like you know it just it doesn't it doesn't end in death like the and then for me the insult to injury is like never throwing money at it in ways that money should be thrown at it i'm sorry um i'm not a fan of the capitalistic society that we live in but we live in a capitalistic society so run me my coins right like actually run these people their coins because like mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm um 200 million dollars the generational wealth that had started there completely fucking snuffed out. Tulsa black residents are, like, a lot of them are living below the poverty line or just at it. Um, it's not okay. You know, like, it is not okay that we they are not receiving money. Um, the idea that reparations for black people in America is even up for debate infuriates me. Um Every other racial group that was fucked over by the United States government has received reparations except for black people. Um, Every single one. And they should have. Don't get me wrong. They should have. But so should we. Um, And so it... And I... Again, like, white supremacy is insidious and it's very just like, you know, it's calculating. I don't think it's an... I don't think it's an accident that other racial groups have received reparations, but ours are up for debate. Like, it's a way to put even more strife with with the black community between other ethnic groups, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's another way to make us feel resentful towards other groups. But, like, the buck stops with the people writing the check, not the people receiving it. Um, And absolutely, like, you know... The U.S. government does not want generational wealth to exist in the black community at all. Um, every time that it can, it snuffs it out. 
Um, whether mm. it be stuff like Tulsa, whether it be stuff like what happened here in my hometown in Indianapolis, whether it be introducing crack and cocaine to, you know, seemingly um, decent communities, maybe in the poverty line, but like, or above it, but like, not no more, you know, like mm. general or like, whether it be the redlining, the lack of education, the school to prison pipeline, like they do not want us to have generational wealth. Um, no. That's why it's so hard for us to own homes, which is like the primary way for people to get generational wealth is to own a home um, and be able to sell it um, or be able to just like have a home where you don't have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it just, the government just doesn't want that for us. And they don't want to give us any kind of leg up to get there. Um, you know, in ways, like every leg up that they've tried to give us has first benefited white people. And then as a byproduct, maybe us, you know? Um, I feel like that's why a lot of black people were like upset with Obama um, be- and myself included because he did things that benefited black people, but he rarely did things that just benefited black people. Mm. And as we've seen with Donald Trump, the office of the president can sign a lot of shit into executive orders, right? Like a lot of shit can go in and he just like, you know, first term, I get it, bro. Second term, what's your excuse? Yeah. Literally, what's your excuse? Because it all kind of falls away, given the fact that we got Donald Trump right after him. Yeah. What's your excuse? Right? Nothing you did gave the office to another Democrat. Like, mm-hmm. if we were going to have to suffer the white lash of Donald Trump and, you know, more black people died in police brutality accidents, or accidents, not accidents, but police brutality incidents, um, mm-hmm. and uh, just like... More black people died under Obama in the years right after him than in recent history. So, what we do, sir? I mean, I'm I'm with those black people that are a, a little perturbed with him because, yeah, his respectability politics did jack shit. Really, like it did stuff. Don't get me wrong; it didn't do enough. Yeah. Right. Like we shouldn't have had a racial reckoning last summer. Mm. Like we should have had to have that because we had a black president. Ha ha ha. We had a biracial president. Mm. Yeah. Um. But okay, back to Tulsa. Um. So currently, there's that investigation happening. Um. A murder investigation. I don't know what we need to investigate. Um. To be honest, like white people murdered black people, and I one of the worst incidents of genocide on U.S. soil. So I don't really know what we need to investigate about that. Yeah. Um, particularly speaking that that most of these perpetrators are dead, right? Yeah. Like, like the three survivors are 107, 106, and 100 years old. So you know that the people wielding the guns are dead. Mm. Right, they were these people were seven, six, and a baby when this happened. Yeah. So the people that were actually killing black people in the street are absolutely dead right now. So I don't know what the fuck we're investigating a murder for. Um, Running their coins, 
But, you know, in, in an effort for this to happen, Tulsa is actually being sued. Like, the city of Tulsa is being sued by survivors and descendants of their survivors. Um, so, they claim that the city and the Chamber of Commerce, I'm reading from a New York Times article, um, tried to cover up the attacks and distort the narrative of what happened, deflecting blame onto the black victims and depicting them as instigators. Um, so, these people are seeking punitive damages, tax relief, and scholarships for survivors and their descendants, along with priority for black Tulsans in awarding city contracts right Mm -hmm. so they are asking for like just like straight up money but they're also asking for like policy that would help black people build generational wealth again and Mm -hmm. build back themselves in tulsa um they have also accused the city of turning like that one and a half blocks of greenwood um into a tourist destination in which lines the city's money or pockets with money, uh, but does not actually go back to the victims or the descendants of the victims themselves. Mm. Right. So the city is actually currently profiting from the massacre that it enacted on its black residents. That is even more messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you think that it just lies with Tulsa being fucked up, um, think again. Uh, because the Oklahoma governor has just recently, and by just recently, I mean May 7th, 2021. So, what is that? I'm bad at math. Like three weeks ago? 22 days ago, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He signed a bill into law, which does not allow any teacher to teach history that makes someone feel guilty based on their race. (laughs) Yep. So. What the hell? Yeah, dude. Like, you know. Name another <laughs> name another group of people who feels guilty based on their race. I'll wait. I can't even. You, wow. you can't teach anything that makes me feel bad. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like. As a white person in America, if you have an ounce of humanity, you should feel bad about being white. I'm sorry. You should. You should. You should. Your people were fucking wild. Like, fucking savages. (laughs) Y'all still are. But, like, you know, if you're trying to be like, well, it wasn't me. It's my ancestors. If you're one in that group of people, your ancestors were crazy. Fucking wild. Uh Uh-uh. You should feel bad. If my ancestors mm-hmm. went around committing mass genocide, I would feel bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I would feel horrible. If my ancestors literally colonized the entire planet, I would feel awful. <laughs> as I should. <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy how they don't want... It's crazy how they don't want to feel any kind of guilt based on their ancestors, but they want me to feel bad about OJ and things like that. And I'm like, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> hold the fuck up. I'm supposed to feel bad about like a few bad apples, as they say. But mm-hmm. y'all, y'all's ancestors literally colonized the entire world, um, committed genocide all over the world, enslaved mm-hmm groups of large groups of people mm. um 
you know, like it, so many things. It's like currently still colonizing and committing genocide all over the planet. Yep. But I'm supposed to be bad about like OJ. <laughs> okay. <sighs> wow. I'm supposed to be mad about like you know. He's he's the first one that comes to mind because I feel like white people are always trying to throw OJ in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> like always, 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 right? In the same way that they try to throw Michael Jackson in our faces. I actually co-signed yeah. that one because fuck that. But like, yeah. But they're always trying to get us with like you know a couple of the f- more famous like ridiculously fucked up black men that exist. You know, like see, look at Bill Cosby. I was like. Yes, but who were but his also pro- Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yes, but like, are we not going to talk about how like Bill Cosby and R. Kelly and all of these people actually mostly targeted black people? Okay, mm. okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you're right. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Like, you give me Bill Cosby, I'll I'll give you the white man that taught that black man how to do it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, think about the place that white or black people are in this country. Like, these people in Tulsa were afraid to even talk about their their families being massacred in front of them. But you mean to tell me that these black people that do these heinous crimes just learned from it and out of a vacuum? (laughs) And that a white person didn't co-sign them doing it? That like you're gonna you mean to tell me that black people in America just committed a crime that is that terrible crimes that are that terrible without it being okayed by like the white police departments that are always killing us? Mm. Are they like, all right? Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool. That's fine. Um, you know, because I guess we have no choice but to be like, okay, cool. That's that's fine. <laughs> I swear, the OJ one gets me every time, though. Yeah. I feel like that just happened to me recently. Someone was uh, like, but OJ did it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But, like, y'all still all over the Kardashians? <laughs> Who provided the, the, the lawyers that helped mm-hmm. get OJ mm-hmm. off? Like, y'all still love them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. OJ fucking crazy. That book, If I Did It, yeah. like, bitch. <laughs> I was like, you are you are pushing the envelope here, sir. Like, please go sit down. Like, you should be in jail. You go sit down somewhere if I did it. <laughs> oh, my God. OJ's a hot mess. But I, I, I bring all this up to say, just like, It's crazy to me the narrative that white people should not feel guilty for what happened in the past. You absolutely should, y'all. You should feel real bad about... If you don't want to feel guilty, just don't do stuff like that, period. But see, that's I think that's what... um, a lot of them don't realize, like, they're telling on themselves when they're like, oh, yeah, exactly. 
I don't want to feel guilty for that. It's like, you don't want to feel guilty for your ancestors because y'all still doing the same shit. Mm. You know? Like, if you admit that your ancestors were really in the wrong and are deserve, deserve, or worthy of, like, how all of us in the black community really feel about your ancestors, um, you would have to admit that you are your ancestor. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... I I can't my life is drastically different than my ancestors but it's not that different where I can't see the connections so mm-hmm. if I can see those connections I know y'all can <laughs> right like my life is don't get me wrong it is drastically different than black people throughout history like mm-hmm. 100% um but like it's not that different that I cannot see that they went through the exact same things that I go through. Um, mm-hmm. The same, like, same level of racism, just a little bit different form, different. you know, which means that y'all are still doing the same level of racism. You're just like changing the form of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not going into all black towns and burning them to the ground anymore. But maybe you're saying, well, you don't deserve the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe you're like, well, let me just do an investigation. Let me let me wait till I get all the facts. (laughs) Then I'll pass judgment. (laughs) You know, like maybe you're like, well, it's not my fault that my child goes to an all white school. That's just how the neighborhoods turned out. (laughs) You know, Um, and one of our friends, um, Last summer, um, one of our black friends at work, he had his aunt come in and, you know, his aunt is white. I'm still trying to figure out how that works. I've been trying to figure out his family tree for forever because he's like black, Mm. but his aunt Mm. is white. Mm. I've been trying to figure that. And it's like his aunt. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I'm not going to put his business out on the street. But, you know, there's some somebody's interracial there. Mm-mm. Um, but like she came in and she was talking she was she, she thought she was like she really thought that she was one of those like good white people mm. um, and you didn't hear it here first but I'll repeat what lots of black people have been saying forever there are there's pretty much not a, such a thing as a good white person mm-hmm. given and like for white people to be classified as good, in my opinion, they need to be working on anti-racism for the rest of their existence, mm-hmm. right? Personally, right? If you want to be considered a good person, like as a white person, like you, you actively need to be fighting anti-racism. You need to be a disruptor. You need to figure out something, how you can actively fight anti-racism without taking up the space that y'all like to do when you are doing this, this work, um, because there's not such a thing as a good white person because all of them are complicit in white supremacy. Mm-hmm. All of them benefit from it. And not all of them, not even most of them are even trying to change that up. Mm-hmm. They think that they can give equality to minorities, but also still keep all the privileges they have. And that doesn't work. So, but anyway, she came in there and she was like, <laughs> she was like 
Oh my god. It, like I asked her, I was like, so you don't think it's weird? Like she's like, I make sure that my my um my my kids have black friends and they're friends with the some of the only black people that are in the school. And I was just like First of all, you don't think it's fucked up that you sent your children to a nearly all-white school, given that you literally have full-blooded black family members? Mm. Um, Second of all, you don't think it's weird that you are forcing your children into friendships with with black children? Like, that Mm. those black children wouldn't be better off not hanging around you or your family, given what you think is okay? Mm. You know, like the idea that you think that there's not anything wrong with you going, you living in a, an all white neighborhood and sending your children there. Mm. We've got, we've got a couple of friends like that, that live in, and I say friends in air quotes, but like, we've got (laughs) a couple of colleagues, I would say like that, that talk a good talk on social media, talk a good talk to us in, in person, but at the end of the day, decided to live in Lily White, Long Island. Mm. you know and their children are going to go to predominantly white schools and anything that they think they're teaching their kids about racial justice is going to be eradicated by the lack of people of color in their lives yeah so it's interesting um not in a good way how much like tulsa is not an anomaly um Tulsa is something that lets us know the depths of depravity that exists among white people mm-hmm. um but like the whitewashing that happened after Tulsa um including like the one the stuff that happened right after it, but most importantly, the stuff that's happening like currently today in 2021 lets you know that like we white people are some of the most disgusting human beings in the planet, but also <laughs> lets you know that they like not much has changed, you know, like why what, what's the benefit of not? letting teachers teach about the Tulsa massacre in Oklahoma schools, you know, if not to uphold white supremacy. Clearly, white supremacy is alive and well in America. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, we talk about that often. But like, it's also just, it's crazy to me how or wild, I guess. I'm trying to I'm trying to get less ableist with my speech and stop mm-hmm. saying things are crazy that I don't mean are literally crazy. Um, but it is, like, wild to me that in 2021, not 22 days ago, like, a governor could sign something like that into law, right? Mm. And just, like, the amount of states that are, are banning, like, things like that being taught in our classroom or in classrooms, um, even our building, like uh, us not being, or sorry, you can wear Black Lives Matter uh, apparel, but the black men in our building can't. 
right? Mm. And we're not supposed to talk about anything political in class. And I guess Black Lives Matter counts as politics. Or like even... <laughs> DOE doesn't say it is. Yeah, the DOE specifically says, no, it's not. But, you know, in our school, our specific school, it is. And then, like, you know, even, like, to this week... Um, in my in my class right now, we were covering the Adnan Syed case, um, which you know, love to see it. I'm so glad that as a teacher, I can teach what the fuck I want sometimes, because um, like, who gets to cover the like a murder case in an English class? I fucks mm. with it, um, but like, this is the week where I've finally just been like, because we've been kind of building to up the case and now learning about it but this is the week that i've just been like so let's talk about the let's talk about the racial discrimination that adnan faced let's talk Mm -hmm. about um the racial profiling that he faced and let's Mm -hmm. really like dig into it and my co-teacher taught that lesson but i could just tell because the way that we do our class we teach two classes together um, mm-hmm. And I usually teach first period and she'll teach the seven period. Mm-hmm. I could just tell that she felt really uncomfortable talking about race and just calling race or t- talking about it in the way that it deserved to be talked about. You know, she mm-hmm. um, like she rarely said the word racial profiling, even though that's absolutely what was happening to Adnan. Um, How do you not talk about that and yeah, and I about seriously, and I I had a question about the jury of uh, on the case because the jury is my question was like what's the ma- racial makeup of the jury, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. and she kept taking out the word racial and we just say what's the makeup of the jury, and I'm just like no 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 no, I ha- like why why are people so afraid to teach about race in America? Mm-mm. And like my co teacher's not white guys, she's brown. Right, like she's my skin tone. Back to the colorism episode. So the amount of she's not going to face the the same amount of racism that I do as a black person, but she faces a lot of colorism due to the fact that her skin tone is literally the same as mine, right? Mm-hmm. And she, even she's afraid to talk about this shit. I was just like, you're bugging right now. Like mm. I had to like intercede. I was like, no, 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 guys how many black jurors were on the jury mm. and then the kids got the answer because like because mm. i'm like no 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 no. because like there's in that case there's like seven black jurors there's a a black witness and there's a white latino lawyer who is adnan's um d- like defense lawyer like this lady mm-hmm. quick christina gutierrez and the optics of that are never going to look good to a seven, a seven person black jury, like a, a predominantly black jury. Like this white lady is screaming at this black child, um, trying to make it seem like he's a murderer and that um, he had something to do with murdering a young girl. Like, those optics Mm. are never going to sit well with a black jury, and I wanted to talk about it, right? Mm. Like, they're going to be far less likely to believe that he is lying, even though I Mm. firmly think that young black boy was lying his ass off, right? Mm. But they're not going to believe that he's lying because Mm. you've got a white lady yelling at him. Mm. 
right? And I, it's, I, it's crazy that these laws are being signed. Like a similar law just got signed in Tennessee. I think one's being signed in Texas or already just got signed in Texas. Um, and, you know, even in New York City, which is supposed to be this progressive liberal hub, people don't want to teach about it. And it's like, that's how we go to the age of 25 without hearing about a fucking massacre. Mm-hmm. Or like how I got, I, I didn't hear, okay, I said this before, but I had, I didn't hear about the Japanese internment until I was in college. I was like 20. Mm-hmm. You know, like. It, it it's not okay <laughs> like it's it's not okay for white people to not to sign into law that we can't teach literal historical facts um mm-hmm. but it's also not okay for teachers like across the board any race mm-hmm. that we're talking about to like not teach it mm-hmm. like and not teach it well mm. you know um if, for instance, for, okay, say I was struggling to teach um, a concept in class. Like, say I was struggling to teach how to organize an essay. Mm. Am I just, like, not going to do it? Or am I going to learn how to be better about it? Mm. Right? And I feel like with race in the classroom, people just were like, well, I'm not good about it. I don't want to put my foot in the mouth, so I'm just not going to do it. And it's like that's that goes against everything that we are we're supposed to be as teachers, yeah. right? Um, and frankly, if you're a teacher in Oklahoma, if you're a teacher in Texas, if you're a teacher in Tennessee or any of these places that these laws are getting passed, you best still be teaching about race. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Like I don't mm. care if you lose your job. Like that. Your job is to teach these kids how to be good citizens, how to think for themselves, how to be good humans. That is our primary job. Like, mm-hmm. to me, everything that we teach them elsewhere, otherwise, is like, cool, that's great. I'm glad that you know how to write an essay. But at the end of my class, I expect you to be a better human than you were when you came into it. And if that's not what we're doing, then get the fuck out of the profession. Hmm. and let like people come in and do it the right way because to not teach about race to not teach about gender to not teach about sexuality just like reinforces the idea that history and the world only needs to be taught or talked about from a cis white man's perspective and Hmm. fuck out of here with that Hmm. You know, I and I mean this about all teachers. I don't just mean this about history teachers or English teachers. I mean that about all of y'all. Every single teacher who might be listening to this, it is your duty to teach your students about these topics. It's your absolutely moral obligation to be talking about this in your classrooms. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, I don't know what the fuck to tell you because it, it you're part of the issue. You're part of the problem. Um, you are reinforcing the idea that we we can whitewash history, mm. you know, like, and if you think it doesn't pop up in your class, it does, just so we're clear, like, 
if you're a math teacher, you are teaching math in a very Western white way. There are other ways to teach math. There are other ways to think about math. There are other cultures that think about math differently, that do things differently. And math is not objective. It's, it's just as objective as everything else. So you can work it in there too, right? Science, you best be talking about it. I hope that all of your science classes know how much. Like, oh my God. I remember um, like this week I was in a, mm -hmm. a meeting with a, a couple of our students and mm -hmm. uh, they were asked what social justice issues really are bugging them right now and what they really want to focus on and one of them was like animal testing because animal testing is so bad and we should not test on animals to figure out like x y and z da, da, da. animal testing is bad but i feel like our science teachers did this student a disservice because why did this student not know that laboratories test on black people laboratories across the country are using the cells of Henrietta Lacks for medical advancements to figure out like literally anything like pretty much anyone who's worked on like cells has used a, a Henrietta Lacks cell um and her family has received zero compensation for it mm. right so it's like yes animal testing is bad it is very bad but it's like the fact that our kids have such an incomplete idea of yeah. history and science and it it's not okay. And the English department can't put it on their backs. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? The history department, I mean, history department's not in our school, but history departments can't put it on their backs too, right? Like, everybody should be teaching about that. Should be in art class, right? It should not just happen in fucking February. It should not just happen around Juneteenth, right? Like, this should be ingrained into our curriculum. Like, our curriculums are so cis white, dude. You know, science classes not teaching about, um, what do you call it? Like, not teaching about in vitro or spending time on in vitro because, like, uh, I guess the heterosexual people are the only ones who need to be taught about how to have a kid or mm. ways to have kids, right? Mm. Um, and in vitro, even when it was taught, like, I was in a science classroom for two years, and even when it was taught, the way that it was put in was like for women who can't have children. And yes, that is absolutely why in vitro exists as well, but it's also used for queer couples, you know? Uh. Um, the only time that I heard black people being mentioned in that science class explicitly is when we talked about sickle cell. Like the fuck uh. is that? You know what I mean? Like we were talking about genetic uh, defects and like that's when we were that's when we were talking about black people. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Right? Mm. Um, the only time you, we really talk about women in science class is a reproduction unit. Mm. Um, and no one talks about how men, uh, trans men also, some of them have the same reproductive parts as women. So it's not just a woman's issue when we're talking about things like it's It's just all over the board. I feel like if you're a teacher and you're not teaching, like I blame my teachers for not knowing about Tulsa too. Mm. 
you know? Like, I, I blame my teachers for not knowing about any of the genocides that happened in America that I didn't know about before. Mm. Um, it's our job to teach our kids about this. I blame my teachers for not knowing about Henrietta Lacks until I taught it myself. Mm. Like, never having heard of her until mm. I taught it myself. Mm. Um, that's just not okay. Like, yeah. it is our moral obligation to do better. Mm. And I mean all teachers, not just the white ones. Yeah. Now that I have brought you all in... <laughs> And tagged you all in. Like, that's all I really have about this one. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about Tulsa, um, LeBron James is putting out a documentary that should come out within the next 24 hours of you listening to this. As well as I think it's Steph Curry is putting out another one. So there's two of them that are coming out on the anniversary. Um, mm. So I, I'm really excited to... Watch those. Um, I hope that you watched it as well. Um, what else? I think that you guys could, should also, again, if you're interested at all in this, I would highly re- recommend watching the entire Watchmen series because it actually takes place in Tulsa. Um, and the it definitely there are descendants of survivors in Tulsa. Um, like the first scene of Watchmen is actually about the riot, the massacre. Mm. And so a little boy escaping, um, Mm. from it. So that's like the very opening moments of Watchmen are about the massacre. And then the rest, it comes up again. There's an uh, episode devoted to it. Definitely watch Lovecraft. Um, like they're good places to just like. I mean, I guess I don't want you to need to humanize this, these people and not think of them as stats. But if you can't think of them as anything more than statistics or like historical people, like it's a good, those two are really good for you to watch because it, they, it, both of them have like basically modern day people experiencing Tulsa and just like really reckoning with what happened. Um, these are not people that are just in history books or should be in history books because they're really not in history books. These are real life peoples whose lives were either ended or destroyed. Um, people who became refugees in our own country due to the U.S. government and white a white mob. Um, I definitely think that it is something that should be talked about more. So you guys should definitely tune into these documentaries that are coming, watch the episodes about it. But the best thing that you can do is make sure that these people and their stories are not forgotten Um, and that more people know about it. Like um, talk to your friends. Hey, have you ever heard about the Tulsa massacre? Tell them, Tell them what you heard today, right? Mm. Recommend those same documentaries to them. Let them know what happened. Um, And don't let this story die out with these three survivors. Um, And thank goodness these guys, these people are still alive. Yeah, really. They just testified 
before Congress. That's what we opened the episode with, right? Like that hearing from them is everything. Like hearing from living ancestors is everything and anything, you know? Um, so don't let their stories die out with them. Don't let their stories die out with the descendants of their of that, their descendants either, right? Mm-hmm. We should be talking about this. We mm-hmm. we should be making the connections to modern day history that exists with this. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's all I have about this one. It's one. This one hurt. I think. I mean, they always hurt when we're talking about Black Death, <sighs> but this one is. This one is rough, you know, because, like, I don't know. Uh, I've heard so many people, especially white people, be like, well, why don't you just make your own shit? Like, why don't you just, like, have your own stuff? Why, like, if, if white people are so, if white people are so bad, why do you depend on white people for X, Y, and Z? And, like, Tulsa is why we have to, when we do build it ourselves, y'all destroy it. Mm-hmm. And you destroy it in very violent, memorable ways. So violent that people who survived it don't even want to talk about it for fear of it happening mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> All right. So let's end there. Um, do you also want to plug in the documentary that you watched on Netflix? Uh, <laughs> I, it was an ABC documentary. Um let me look it up. It's on Hulu currently. It's only an episode. I'm assuming that they um, are planning on doing more episodes. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, okay. But it was called Tulsa's Buried Troop. Okay. Um, and then, so, there's also, I think Tulsa Burning is going to be uh, Steph Curry's. And then um, Dreamland is LeBron James. Um, There's a cool thing if you have a New York Times subscription. um, There's like an interactive uh, map of Tulsa that was just released maybe a week or two ago. Which allows you to like, it's one of their like, one of those articles that they make occasionally that are pretty cool like the one that they made about the coronavirus and like brazil and the mm-hmm. amazon mm-hmm. so you can actually walk through the town and see the various things that were destroyed and what wow. happened um i would highly recommend that as well if you're more of a like simulation kind of person and you don't want to see any of the carnage because you don't want to and you've been listening to me and you feel like you don't need to see carnage to understand what happened mm-hmm. i would recommend that one um okay yes nice thank you mm-hmm. um i think it was a great episode for me too because i was i heard about it i didn't know exactly how it went down or what happened and how it was basically completely erased out of our history books yeah <laughs> all right so if you guys want to listen um about more stories like this Please subscribe to us on any of the major podcast apps and also follow us on social media like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at underscore soul and soul. That is underscore S-O-U-L-A-N-D-S-E-O-U-L. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.